Okay, I can make this simple, but I don't like simple. I'll make it complicated. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Can you just say how to spell a time right here? Mem Aleph, Mem Physical reality that we know in front of us. Okay, I'll give you an example of, 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 of physics, of science. And based on that, we'll understand what the mind is. Physical reality that we have in front of us, if we want to analyze it, so we would use chemistry and physics, right? We break it down, we explain how, what things are made of and how they, they work. That is on a physical level. But then there is also what is called, in a way, the subatomic level, where you're already going away in a kind of the energetic field that is within physics, where you start talking about electrons and neutrons. She's not, although I might have a mass, but it's, it's not something that you can hold. It's actually what is, what is within the, this, it's called, that's why it's called the subatomic level. Not even, and let's not even get started if we start talking about quantum physics, which is, in a way, the physics of infinite possibilities. But it's, it's, not, it's not even about presenting that, although someone once said, if you understand quantum physics, that means that you don't understand quantum physics. Uh, so, but still, even with not understanding, you can at least establish certain things that it's precisely establishing, estab- establishing a connection between very small and very big by understanding that everything actually is, there are waves. And waves can travel in a way that matter can't. Matter will be limited by space and by mass, etc., while waves have a different uh, mechanism. And in quantum physics, is a kind of trying to reconcile that actually matter can also behave as a wave and only as a particle, which is a little bit mind-boggling. That's why if you understand, that means that you don't understand. But it's still this idea. So if I want to understand the world, if I want to understand the world, then I would go about it, physics, chemistry, and then and I mean up to the atomic level, and then even deeper, going to the subatomic level and going even into quantum physics. And then I would say, okay, I got it figured out. I know how this works. Now, once you've taken that elevator, right? You, we've just now taken the elevator going deeper into reality. Not down, but deeper within reality. I mean, going from what is the outer shell and appearance of things, and just describing the way we see them and, and appreciate them and observe them, to breaking them down, be it chemically or physically, and atomically and subatomically, and so on. We're breaking them down, breaking them down. Well, now let's continue. Is it going to just broke everything? There's nothing to continue. Yes, you can continue. When you understand that the all this whole all the layers that we've just explained are just the observable dimension. But then understand that there is an, an energetic field that controls and dictates everything that happens in, that ob- in those observable fields. There is a behind the curtain. All that sits on something way more profound. And that is spirituality the divine. Which actually, in our day and age of science, we understand this idea that don't believe what you see. It's way deeper than that. 
There's something behind it, something behind it, and actually coming together again. Okay. Fine. Okay. Perfect. So they have what to start with. Okay. Fine. I actually come to think of it, even in the observable dimension, we already observe something that cannot be seen. Now you say, okay, that makes no sense. How can you observe something that can't be seen? If you can't see it, you can't observe it. And the answer is yes, dark matter. Again, it's not class on astrophysics. And dark matter is not voodoo stuff of Africa. It's real stuff that just no one can see and understand what it is, but we can observe its presence by its interacting and by the effects of it. So we can see it exists, but we can't see it. Did anyone see dark matter? No, no one. Does anyone know what dark matter is? No. Does anyone know how dark matter behaves? No. Does anyone know what dark matter causes? Yes, to some extent. To some extent, there's an understanding of what dark matter causes, and it has to be. Because just there's a, when you make the whole equation of astrophysics, you get gaps. I mean, there must be an other force that is causing things because the, uh, everything that we can observe does not make up for everything that happens. Meaning that there is a thingy that is doing something because it is happening. This I can't observe. So something is making it happen because law and physics, right? Objects at rest. Stay at rest unless acted on, right? So they'll stay at rest. If it's happening, so something is making it happen. Like what is making it happen? There's literally nothing out there. And the answer will, well, maybe that nothing is a something that you can't see. So it's actually very, very, very... Um, I'm really sorry. I'm in the habit of doing that, but this is a little bit of an emergency. I have to do this right away. Okay. And now we can turn it off. So, here comes Hasidus. And now there, it's even easier to understand the premises of Hasidus. Because Hasidus, Hasidism, Hasidic teachings, didn't wait for those science breakthrough. To say, hey, let's hitch a ride. And say that there's even another dimension. Hasidic teachings were around when people believed that what you see is what you get. That there's nothing more to reality than the sheer objects that are in front of your eyes as is. Physics, so to speak, wasn't really born yet. Chemistry wasn't born yet, so to speak. What is reality? Well, whatever. What is this? A table. What do you mean a table? A table. What do you want to say about a table? A table is a table. You're right. There's nothing to expand on it. Come. And then already Hasidah says, yeah, but God created everything. And God is everything, and God is within everything, and everything that exists is an interaction with the divine. So you could understand that you would read an article on physics, or on chemistry, or on astrophysics, be it that you want to make a major in it, or be it just that you want to be a little bit more smart in your life, but you would take some interest, Hasidus comes and says, do you want to know how the energy field that connects everything works? 
Do you want to understand our interaction with Hashem? person says, yes. He says, okay, so come and have a seat and let's talk. Now, of, the difference is it's not going to be empirical. For a person to really start having a blueprint of the whole grid, he's going to have to learn so much. And he's going to pick up one info here and one information there. And slowly, slowly, he's going to start establishing some kind of a pattern. And then suddenly he's going to learn something else. Oh, wow. okay. Let's start over. Yeah, I got it wrong. I have to re- reset this. Meaning, it's not as you, as I said, you do major when you're saying, okay, so Hasidus 101, so let's start by God. What is God? No, it doesn't work that way. You get thrown in in the middle of the ocean. And we're going to talk now about one aspect out of the blue. Something. But in a way, since everything is connected, it's always going to give you a picture. You don't have to go one, two, three, four, five in a very linear way, gradual way. Now we talk about this, now we talk about that. We can talk about God and creation, and we can talk about God and mankind. And when we talk about God and mankind, we can talk about Am Yisrael, and we can talk about souls, and we can talk about Torah, and we can talk about mitzvahs, or we can talk about a particular mitzvah. Or we can talk about tshuva. Or we can talk about what does it mean, Torah. It's like... Wherever you want to stop your zoom on, just zoom through creation, zoom through existence, and whenever you want to pause on, it says, okay, let's put the telescope on that aspect of the universe. So we're going to zoom in that now. And it's going to go slash through all the layers of visible existence and talk about the inner structure. I said I could have done it more simple. I like making it complicated. In a way, that is Hasidus. Hasidus makes you understand the intricate procedures that are happening within physical existence and the relationship, meaning with the spiritual, the procedures with the spiritual, the interactions with the spiritual. The spiritual being Hashem or a radiance from Hashem. And when you say everything is Hashem, it's everything on the same level. You see, this is already, that could already be A minor, are the levels in spirituality. And so on and so on. And that can be a concept that will come across a certain moment. Now, this mind that we're talking about, so always, this is very important. Hasidus is not Kabbalah. Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism, describes. The divine as such. The divine Hashem. His essence, his attributes, and so on, and so on, and so on. Chasidus is the divine in creation. Not the divine as such. That is why when you learn a Hasidic discourse... It's constantly going to slalom between human existence and spiritual correspondence. Correspondence, not in the in not correspondence as analogy. Not no. So maybe correspondence is not the, the, the best term, or it is maybe the best term. Meaning, what happens on your level, and what happens. At the same time, on a spiritual plane. 
coming from the spiritual towards you or caused by you? Because it's a, it's dynamic. Like a feedback loop? Huh? It's like a feedback loop? No, it's not a feedback because sometimes it can be, it can be initiating. <clears throat> but it's like linked. There are like two systems that walk together and are intertwined. They're intertwined. I don't know enough about genetics, but it would be interesting. I don't know enough about genetics, but would it be like the two main threads of a, of a gene and then whatever, all the strings that go from, from one to the other being the interactions. One being the divine, the other one being the human, and then maybe, I don't know, again, I do not know enough about genetics say that those are completely two different things, how, how much they interact with each other, what would happen on one side, would it interact on the other side? I guess it would. But again, I have no idea. But the image, the image would be that kind of an image. So Hasidus, what is Hasidus going to talk about? About that, that interaction. What is going on? I did a mitzvah, I did an aver. What does Hashem want from me? Why do I have to down? What does it mean I go to a tzaddik and get a bracha? What happens? Is that like a fortune cooking? Uh, no, I'm just asking. Like, I just want to understand. And Hasidus breaks it down. Makes you understand what those interactions are. This mimer, okay, that was my general introduction on what a Hasidus mimer is. Now, the mimer that we are currently studying Develops, uh, establishes, not develops, no, not establishes either. Explains, presents. Presents a different type of relationships that exist between a Jew and Hashem. There are different type of relationships. And those different type of relationships are not necessarily the person's choice, but the consequence of the level of his soul. So that Maimur, the Maimur also represents that there are different kinds of souls. Yes? So is it talking about the different relationships with a given person and God, or different people? Different people. Meaning, when you have to say, what is the relationship between A and Jew with Hashem? What is the nature of that relation, in case there is one? I'm not talking now that they're not living together anymore. Can, they can never be divorced. That's the good news in, in, in Torah. But it could be that their relationship is that they're not living together anymore. Well, okay, so we're talking about a non-relationship. Oh, no, no, no. They're, they still scream at each other. Yeah, okay, so let, let's not talk about that. Uh, so we're talking about a good relationship. There's actually a relationship. So what kind of relationship? So my is going to say, well, you know, actually, it's not, there's more than one kind. And notwithstanding how much the person does, if that, of course we would say, well, of course there's more than one, one, one kind. Depends, there's those who do a lot, those who do a little. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. Even on the 100% relationship, there's different types, different natures of relationship. Depending on the kind of soul the person has. Certain souls will have a certain relationship as built-in features. Manufacturer settings. 
And other souls will have other kind of features. What are the, diff the different types? So, we, so for the moment, the Mimer presented three, where it's going to mainly dwell on the last two. So what are the three? He said like this. There is either a, a son-like relationship, And without going into the old explanation that we gave already, the idea is that that kind of relationship represents a, it would represent a completely, it, it represents like in a scenario where you would have a child that is 100% in sync with his parents. He sees the thing the same way, he wants the same kind of things, he likes those kind of things. Uh, uh, oh, thank you. Perfect. Oh, they told me seven. We needed more than seven? Oh, we needed ten. No, they're coming around. Some people have English, but they're going to pass it this way. Yes, we have Hebrew. Okay, if you need more, let me know. And then just pass that this is there and there's also. This is my old Oh, this, this someone gave me an original Hebrew. Oh, yeah, so that's fine. That's yours. And these are further copies of. There's more staples in here. I just added yeah. that. Ah, the Mimer is from the Rebbe Ashad, Rabbi Shalom of this mimer was written in 1906. So, you can have a song-like relationship with Hashem, which means, just like in an ideal scenario when a child is completely in sync with his parent, where he shares the same taste, same life view, same everything, he's a kind of a child that mirrors his father. And let's we had, when we studied it inside, we already passed that, we had discussions about is that a goal, is that an ideal, is that not an ideal, not the topic. But just take it as a possibility, where a child only mirrors the father and sees life exactly as the father does. So what does it mean in a soul? That a soul, it would mean, actually Chazid is called that, Neshamas of Atzilus. Souls that were born from the highest spiritual world, the one that is called Atzilus. Um, Aleph, Sadik, or you went in Hebrew? Yud, Lamed, Vav, Tav. World of Atsilas is the world of emanation, world of absolute divinity, no form of creation yet, not even a spiritual creation. And so those souls are so intensely connected. Those souls are so intensely connected with Hashem that they cannot, they don't see, literally. They, they have no struggle because they don't see anything that is not completely oriented towards Hashem. If it's not oriented towards Hashem, they are just oblivious to it. 
They are only interested in life in something that is Hashem-oriented. Parenthesis, that I'm putting now, we can all understand a kind of example in the case of an intense and passionate love in a relationship, where in that case, no one of the two has to heed themselves in the slightest not to interact with an other person that could potentially be, be problematic for the relationship. You don't have to heed yourself. Why? Because the person is so intensely involved in that relationship that it's just as if the rest of the world just disappeared. Yeah. You understand that example? So like, okay, like, like you're not going to befriend that person. I don't, like the whole reason, I, the person is completely oblivious to any even remote, even what could be like, that's not a big thing. The person doesn't even, his, his head, is, her head is completely out of the game, so to speak. That it's, it's nothing can even could be an option. So the person would say, you have to protect yourself. Okay, I love that they say, you always have to protect yourself because then you be so sure about yourself. But we know that psychologically we could understand that at one point in life a person could be like that. Halacha has to talk about the whole person's life. You can't make different halachas according to what age are you. Uh, or what, what, where are you in your life. So halacha has to talk about human complexity as a whole. So halacha says, yeah, 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 you might feel now so strongly about it. Let's talk about it in 10 years or 20 years. But we understand this idea that sometimes I'm so into it that just it's not... They can't, nothing can derail me. It won't happen, yeah. Does the sun or the highest souls um, have struggles, or does he just mirror Hashem with no problems in his life? He doesn't have struggles. Because of what I just said. Mm-hmm. Everything is godliness. And anything that is anti-divine, going directly against the divine, he just... Like, chucks it out of his mind. Like, okay... I have no interest in you whatsoever. Like, he's gone. And it's predetermined. That's the power of the attachment. The neshama vatsilas is so intense that even when it comes in a body, it keeps that intensity of the relationship. So the world can try and throw at that person whatever it has. Meaning like, just try and throw what, throw the best that you have at me. Go ahead, try. person says, that's what you got? You think I'm going to give up my relationship for that? Okay, you're a joke. Meaning, I'm not, I'm not, like, I don't even have to have I'm not even going to talk to you. I'm not even going to answer you. I'm not going to get in a fight to you. You're so small and petty. The person's like completely on a cloud, so to speak, in his head. It's like not even bothered by the fact that this person wants to fight him. I'm not so little that I will even engage. Not even to tell you that I won't fight with you. You get Yes. So it's like the only ones who have this relationship? Yeah, that's not fair. I have filed a complaint, they have not gotten back to me yet. <laughs> Is this only in... Re- Maybe I got the wrong address. Yeah. Is it only in reference to spiritual challenges, or is it also like physical life? There's no difference for that. No difference? There's no difference for that. Because physical existence is one big extension of the divine. So everything that happens in life is Hashem's rotten. And sometimes Hashem tells you to stay away from it. And then stay away from it. Like, with such a, a determination that 
what, I don't know if this is what Kai meant, but it made me think of like, can such a person, for instance, live in poverty? And I don't mean like, one hundred tricky, but like they actually can't put food on the table because that feels like, however they feel about it, like if they have children and they can't put food on the table for their children, like that's, you know, even if they feel like spiritually connected or whatever, like that's a pragmatic struggle. Right. I'm going to give again an example, which of course is only a theoretical example. Please do not be inspired by it, uh, just for your sake. But theoretically, theoretically, could two people that are intensely in love with each other decide to elope and go and live in very, very, very difficult conditions, but at least they get to be together and live together? Could it be possible? And would they feel the hardship of the little means they have? Not in the beginning in a year well, or two. I think uh, depends, but, you, you, but I think it depends what level, meaning some things, yeah, you can give up and, and most so, people wouldn't, but you, but, you know, but you would for a person, but some other things, like a basic amount of food. Uh, that's why I'm, I am going food. back to my example. What would give the strength to that, that couple to, be, to go and live on really minimal revenues? In the most precarious of ways, just for the sake of, meaning the life we had had maybe more comfort, but they never would have allowed us to be together. So it's worthless. We don't care the cost it has. So where do they take this strength from? From the power of the relationship. Meaning, the rest doesn't have value in my eyes, I don't care. What I gain is so much beyond what eventually I lose that I don't even consider it losing. Huh? Other person reasons? person doesn't consider that losing. That what do you mean? You come from a nice big house in the suburbs and now you live in a dump. Okay. person doesn't see it that way. It's exactly the tzaddik. So I say, so, well, yeah, gosh, I don't know, gosh, who cares? Have a day, Pishta. But so then do they always have enough to make ends meet? Like, well, if they didn't, they would die. Right? Well, right, but not necessarily they need to die. Like if they have a family of uh, Okay, we're going into a theoretical thing. I don't know. Again, they live with Hashem, and Hashem provides in their way. And that, so they always they, have a basic minimum, you're saying? Again, I can't answer every situation. I'm just saying that they will always do what say what counts to me is to be with Hashem and do what Hashem wants. Hashem wants me to go and find food, I'll go and find food. Okay. As long as it's... The only thing that they are complete, completely in is their relationship with Hashem. That they feel in the marrow of their bone. Yes? Um, how does that person have free choice? So, please do not be offended. The free choice that they have is to interact with us morons. Because if it would be up to them, why should I talk to those losers? Hashem says, but I want you to tell them. Okay, if you want to. That is their Yetzirah. That's still not free choice. Where are their is. Their Yetzirah is... Yet no, in a way, their Yetzirah would be... Don't help them. They're not worth it. You're wasting your time. Yeah, but then Hashem tells them to do it, so then they're huh? still do what Hashem wants. To? Yes. For, for spiritual reasons. That's why it's not a Yetzirah Klippas. 
That's not what's in Hashem. It's an Eved, because that's not what Eved wants. But this is what they would want. They wouldn't have to obtain that relationship. Like any relationship. It's basically just saying that they're not good enough. It is easy. I'll put it this way. It is very easy, and here I do give a, a big applause to what comes next. It is actually not so difficult to be a college professor. You just need a certain amount of knowledge, you point it up, and then you apply. You have to find a job. But the requirements in itself is just knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. But to be a kindergarten teacher, that takes greatness of the soul. That takes greatness of the person. Because you have to be very big in yourself to be able to go down to little needs and see that reality and care for that reality. That is, that's why a lot of people say, I can't do that. I would like, mm, that's too difficult for me. I can't, I would go crazy. It's like it's too, why? Because it's too small. It's like, draw inside of the light, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> right? the person says, oh, you have to really have a profound love and genuine ability to give yourself to be able to cater for little children. To teach in colleges, that's not that. You just show off your knowledge. That's actually pretty easy. It's very easy. You learned a lot, and now you get to tell everyone that you're such a great... Yeah, if you're a college professor, you have to bring it down to their levels, so they understand, which could be... Yeah, like, do they always? Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, no. Meaning, it's much easier. Just write it uh, and read this and that and that, and I expect you to pay for four, and so on and so on. Okay? So, it's like, it has nothing to do with it. A kindergarten teacher really has to go and, and take a, a lot of inner resources, much more inner resources. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing at Tzaddik. It's, it's easy to be a rov, should just teach halacha. This is how you should do it on Shabbos. And then to be a tzaddik, oh, you want to become a kindergarten teacher? Oh, you better be up for it. Because they have their petty problems. Meaning the tzaddik want to say, just be a tzaddik and all your problems are going to go away. But you can't say that because that would be saying to the kid in kindergarten, just grow up. Right? That's ridiculous. You can't say that to a kid in kindergarten. He's a child. You don't get to scream at him. Just grow up. So you have to live with him where he is now. So that's what the tzaddik has to do with, with us. Poor him. No, seriously. I mean, we are happy. He, he's not so much, but he knows that this is what Hashem wants. So he does it. Yes? The idea that there's a hierarchy, though, of souls, and that we can... We're placed in there, and we can't do anything to change that bothers me. Like, someone's oh. telling you, you're at the bottom, and no matter what you do, you can never be on top. You're supposed to walk. Okay, I, you know what? You know what? It's the Alter Rebbe writes in Tanya, the level of a tzaddik is not something that most people can get to, and even if they'll try their best, right. it might not happen, unless Hashem gifts them. Right, I mean, it, meaning, your volition. No, no, remember. meaning, but Hashem will gift them in return for a certain perseverance. But again, no guarantee. Meaning, again, I don't want to use the word lottery, but it's a little bit. Can you, can you win the lottery? Yes. 
There is a requirement, however, to buy a ticket. That's true. Can I win the lottery if I didn't buy a ticket? No, that's not possible. You get it? So if I'm not a Bainaini, then of course you're not going to become a Tzaddik. You didn't even buy the ticket. One second, if I'm a Bainaini, so I win the lottery? Did someone explain to you how lotteries work? Meaning, the difference, meaning, no, not everybody's going to win. The difference is the lottery is random. By Hashem, it's not random. But it's still going to be one out of, based on, that's why lottery is like, I don't know what it's based on. For Hashem, it's based on some criteria uh, that we are not privy to. Wait, we don't so, know only if, so, are you, a baby can become a tzaddik yes. if they do X, Y, and Z? No, no, they did already. If you but, a they did. They became a Bainani. But can anyone become a Bainani? Yes. Yes, that's Tanya. And that's attainable for anyone? Yes. So can every, anyone win the lottery? Yes. Can anyone win the lottery ticket? Yes. Will everybody win the lottery? No. So then why does... That is the Tanya. No, not true. On the contrary, you'll see. Look at the opening sentence of chapter chapter sixteen in Tanya. Midas midas Being a Bainani, that is the level that everybody has to be at. And this is and this is about what the Torah says. That is very accessible to you. That's all Tanya. All Tanya is to tell you: being a Bainani is very accessible. Accessible and easy are two different things. But a Bainani has no... What? Like, no negative... Like, no... How can we... No, 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 a Bainani... Okay, so this is actually 100% today's Tanya. A Bainani is someone who has self-control. At all times. Right. Self-control. How can a normal person who has an animal still have that? Training. Because a Bainini, I, I, today I taught a class about that in Daily Tanya. So I, I, I gave them the three very, if you want to have a quick, uh, if you want to have a, uh, an, an analogy, a metaphor. Imagine a car. Now there are two people in the car. They both want to drive the car. They won't compromise. Each of them wants to be the sole driver of the car. So they fight. Now it could be that they are fighting and they are both like squeezing together on the driver's seat and both like pulling at the steering wheel, which in that case would give you an interesting YouTube video from a CCTV cam. Uh, because you would see a car uh, that is like, huh, interesting. This guy most probably likes to ski. Uh, <laughs> so you forgot that he's in the car. So the car would be swerving all over the road, which makes sense because there are pe- two people fighting over the steering wheel. And it's tzaddik. Oh, oh, whatever. Now, how can we get stability to the car? The car is swerving. How can we stabilize the car? Well, one of them has to be neutralized. One, someone has to win, someone has to lose. It's simple as that. As long as it's going to be fighting, there's going to be a crash. So who is, well, depends. Either one wins or the other one. 
Now, what do you define winning? Well, winning is that, let's say, I won, so I'm, I'm driving now. One second. And he is incapacitated or he's still coming for you? Ah. Yeah. Uh, you get it? Meaning, you won temporarily or you won, you won. So this is what the Alter Rebbe is saying. A car that is swerving is a Rosh HaVetoyvloi. He's a person who doesn't manage to control himself, but Vetoivle still has a lot of good, meaning all the time his Nefshalakis is taken over, and then again his Nefshabamis and the car is all over the road. The car is swerving. What is a Bainini? A Bainini is you handcuffed your animal soul, and you put him in the back seat. Yep. So watch the road and watch the mirror. Right? Because he's still trying to get you and he's not really completely incapacitated. He's just had handcuffs. But people wiggled out of the handcuffs before. Or you can maybe go like this and then choke you. Okay, I'm not going to make a whole movie. But you get the idea, right? He's still a danger. Okay, I'm watching. And I'm driving and I'm watching. Get it? That's the bane in me. That's the bane in me. He's driving. He's the only one driving. But he's never at ease. Plus, oh, one in the back. He's such a nudge. Constant harassment. Constant harassment. But here is no, here's the passenger now. Right? Constant harassment. Go like this, you know, don't have to drive. Ooh, I'm gonna punch you. Uh, okay. So that's the Nefshabahamis. The Bam Shabahamis is a so what does the, the driver do? He puts his airpods he puts the music full, like, I can't hear you, you can say, you can tell me, well, I can't hear what you're saying anyways. I'm, I am becoming deaf in the process, but uh, at least I can't hear you. That's what he's doing, because he can't make him stop talking. He can stop listening to him. He's going to fill my head up, really, that's the marshal. I'm going to fill my head up with music, with the guitar, with, you know, I don't hear, it's, a, it's like the more adult version of la, 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 la. Okay, it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> it is, the pain in me is just the adult version of that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not listening to you. Like Dr. Rebbe says in the Tanya, that the, today we learned that the, the only thing he can do is pop, that a certain thought should pop up in my mind, but as soon as I realize that it's bad, I kick it out. <coughs> and as soon as I see it move, I, I'm going to stop the car, I'm going to come over. Okay. And I'm, I'm on the watch out. That's why Chazor Shalom Bebeinani can fall again. Why? If he, if he becomes less careful, says, ah, drove a lot, let's, let's stop the car, have a snack, etc., etc. And he was less careful. And, okay. The guy got out of his handcuffs, got out of the back seat, whatever. Create the movie that you want. But you get the idea. So what is a tzaddik? So there's an imperfect tzaddik. The imperf- not perfect tzaddik is the one that handcuffed the Yetzalove, put duct tape on his mouth, tied him up like a salami, and threw him in the trunk and threw the key away. Okay. Now try disturbing me. Unless you're Houdini. You what about you? Or if you take one second, one second. I, I said the imperfect tzaddik is what? That he doesn't only like neutralize by putting just handcuffs and in the back seat. No, he incapacitates him. 
You know what? After the whole salami and duct tape, he punches him out cold. Okay. Just to be on the safe side. You know, like, although, good luck ever getting out of there, but just to be on the safe side. He punches him out cold. So, he, he's a tzaddik. Because no one didn't know during him, and actually he can go out and have a snack, so to speak. He can leave the car. There's nothing going to happen. He's not going anywhere. So that's why he's a tzaddik. He, the tzaddik won't fall anymore. But he still see that's why he's not a, a complete tzaddik, because it's still in him. In a very refined way it's in him. The perfect score is what? Huh? Yes. You remember the Benini? Mm-hmm. So you have this guy in the back seat. So instead of going la 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 la, engage. Uh huh. Why? You think? You think that's smart? Why? And 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 talk to him. And flip him. But that's like whoa. <laughs> that's like wow. You like what are you CIA? Like, counter psychology, like, how did you manage to flip it? That's like, whoa. Like, he was against you. How did he become your ally? That's why it's Tzadigoma. That's like, really all the way up there to the top. That's even regular Tzadikim don't get to that level. Regular Tzadikim just get to the level to completely eliminate and incapacitate their, their Yetzirah. Not to flip the Yitzhara. Yeah. So the imperfect Sadiq still has the Yitzhara, but the perfect Sadiq doesn't have one? It's not raw anymore. He, tr- he transformed it into a They are actually now two drivers, right, in the same direction. Actually, you know what? They sometimes one can go to sleep while the other one continues. So what are the Hebrew names for imperfect and perfect? Gamur is perfect and Sheno Gamur is imperfect. Okay, but all of that is the, the level of the sun, meaning the tzaddikim. The tzaddikim are like the sun. Yes? Wait, so only a tzaddik can like, engage with their Yitzhahara? Like, can we, can, <coughs> can we end with Raja? Like, we can't, is it like an illusion that we're engaging with it? Because it feels like we're like, oh, like, why, why am I having this inclination to do no, this? No, not, tzad- not only tzaddikim. Actually, Hasidus Chabad is all about engaging with our animal soul through its rationale by explaining to it, don't be so against. But for the likes of us, we can never ever trust completely. If you want, it's... Let's say you... You have a shop, and you're all for reinsertion for ex-convicts. You want to help society. And you're like, okay, on the list of companies and stores that hire ex-convicts, which is already wow, right? a lot of people, no way. So you say, I'll help you if I can, give you a wage, try and get you a fee. Do you give him the, the number of the safe? Where the textbooks are, and to give that ex-convict the number of the safe in the office. I wouldn't give any employee. Exactly, especially not an ex-convict, right? Meaning, I'm all for helping you, but I I want to help you, so I have some trust. But you know, I'm still going to keep my cards. 
You're not naive on the other side, right? So I, I want to help you, but I'm not naive. Huh? It depends what he's convicted of. If he's convicted of murder, then no, no, it's he's stealing. Steal. Convicted of stealing. But but you have to stop. There's nothing to steal. Okay. Let's say, oh, whatever. Let's say it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a over shop. It's a mistake. I don't know why that came on. Hey, you're running it, okay? You're not actually repairing cars, but you're running it. Your mind is coming on as a mechanic. What is he going to steal? A tire? <laughs> no, you get it? Like, there's nothing to steal. So you have nothing against helping him, but doesn't mean you're going to trust him. You need to trust him because you give him a limited entry. Here, in this, I trust you. I trust you, you're not just going to smash up cars, that you're not going to... But I'm not going to go all the way. That's what Hasidus Chabad does with Nefsha Bahamis. I'm going to talk with the Nefsha Bahamis. I'm going to talk with Nefsha Bahamis just to explain to Nefsha Bahamis how much God is good. And the following good is actually something that can procure pleasure. You're all for pleasure. This is pleasure, trust me. But when he's coming at me with a proposal, can we go out for a drink, just for a drink? No, I don't think so. Why not? Just a drink? No, no, thank you very much. Why? Because, because you're interested, because you put distances, and why? You said you trust. It has nothing to do. So there were life choices. Not interested. The fact that I hired you, you know, doesn't mean I'm going to go out with a drink for you. It's just a drink. Yeah, but we know that just a drink. Sometimes it's not just a drink. So although it could be just a drink, but it also could not be just a drink. And I don't even want to know if it's going to be just or not just. Right? Not interested. Are you, are you still with me? I think so. So when I have a temptation in life, that's when I don't engage. Because that's the tricky part. That's when I shut the door. That the, 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 the error that people do is that they engage, meaning engagement, and not engage, confront it. They engage when the temptation comes. And this is where the Yetzahara is much stronger than us. So but if God does engage with the temptation? Yep. And is able to... Flip him. But most people would say, do not do that. Because he's going to talk you into going just for a drink. Okay, so do not... He said, don't go just for a drink. Us engaging would go just for the drink. He said, yeah, you, you understand. He knows how to play you. You don't see it coming. You won't see it coming. He said, no, but now you told me. Now I know. Now you don't. You still won't see it coming. So, so don't... don't so how are we supposed to engage? Like on our own when, terms? Yes, on our terms. And learning chassidus. We talk to our rationale when we want to talk. And it's we are talking. Yes. I feel like this is like maybe similar and like tell me if I'm off, but I'm thinking about when I'm dealing with kids that there's like some level of like the situation is good when like I've set the rules and kids are following the rules, but there's like a much higher level of like if, if I, and it takes a lot more work, but if the kids actually understand the rules, so I'm thinking of like, let's say I don't want them to be on my phone. Like it's one thing if I like put the phone high enough off, high, high enough yeah. up, but they can't reach it. But it's like a much greater level of success in the relationship if yes. the phone can be on the table yes. or in my pocket and they're yes. not running for it because like they get it. Yes. Yes. It is. Education, the, 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 the balance, education, 
is going, we can have, in, edu in education, we can have endless discussions and opinions about the exact balance between rules and trust. Right. And there's different approaches, and of course, it's, the best would be to build the trust based on, and get in person, and the more you have rules, the less you can have trust. Every rule is telling the person, I don't trust you. On the other hand, you can't be naive either. So it, it just doesn't work. Okay, second category. Now that we've went through extensively, and actually we spoke about the second category, but in an indirect way. The second category are okay. So the second category. I'm going to use the words he used. Are called. The second is servant. Maybe you know what I'm just thinking about. <coughs> Maybe <coughs> servant could also now in our terminology, although the, the, the Rashab knew that he could have used that as well. Maybe put the question mark soldier. No, it's not soldier. Yeah, it is a bit soldier. But servant. And the third category, and I'm soon going to explain, and I'm actually going to explain starting from the third. The third is joyful servant. And maybe in parentheses, you can there write apprentice. So I want to start from joyful servant, because that is what we add in the mimer. The joyful servant is someone who identifies with his master. We're going to an analogy of servants and master, or the apprentice with his teacher. He identifies with him, he appreciates his, his stature, his wisdom, his greatness. And he wants to serve him. He wants to serve him. Maybe an apprentice, again, in that kind of way, is more difficult for us. But let's say that you would have a, an organization that is like bringing relief aid to a, to a whatever country that, has, that is going through um, war or hunger, etc., etc. And they're doing tremendous work. And a person would decide to become a volunteer in that organization. That does not mean necessarily to travel to that country. It can be in the warehouse, sealing up the packages. It could be in the offices, handling invoices and sending mails. And answering phone. And it's, and it's like, there's no hours because it's a crisis center. And a person is giving them it all. Why? For the importance of the cause. The person acknowledged the cause and puts himself completely aside. Are you hungry now? It's okay. I ate this morning, but it's 11 p.m. Yeah, fine, it's okay. I'm just finishing those two, whatever. Okay, like the person is. is giving themselves as much as possible, like with, not withholding anything. 
And of course, that organization has all kinds of guidelines and regulations. And of course, the person is 100% like respecting every guideline because the person is completely invested in that organization. And whatever, let's say a guy came, he just had some community service hours he had to do. He started doing things not the proper way. He said, no, that's not how we do it. Who cares? I care. Like, why do you care? Because it's important, you understand? You take it to heart. You do it, you do it properly, you do it within the guidelines, you do it the way you're supposed to do. There's a reason. Yeah, what's the reason? I don't know what's the reason. I know that they wrote it for a reason. I trust them. You get the idea? And if they said, I don't know, I said they have to be packaged in this way, so this is the way we package them. And stop asking questions and get to work. I won't sign off your sheet. Uh, so, so this is the way we do it. So ah, you're such a you're such a yes sir, yes ma'am. Nice little soldier? Yeah, if you want to call me that way, it doesn't matter. I am sold to the cause. But happily, happily, because I believe in them, I know it's important, etc., etc., etc. It's a joyful servant. In a divine relationship, that is a soul that could come from, actually could come from either of the three latter worlds which are Bria, Yetzira, Asir, but you don't have to write it down, because that's not the Nekoda. They do not come from Atsilas. Why? Because they have a servant attitude. Even I'm giving myself to is an attitude of dual existence. The Tzaddik doesn't have an attitude of dual existence. Meaning they still feel something other than, other than Hashem. Yes, themselves. Right. But which is basically anyone. Any regular human being that you know of is a person that has, first of all, self-awareness. And then also awareness of divine, yes or not. But there's no such thing as no self-awareness. Not that we know of. Tzadikim have it. So, anyway, the joyful servant is someone who doesn't have a complete symbiosis with Hashem. Symbiosis, like synergy. But he gives himself over to Hashem. Joyfully. With a song. And he's happy about it. He's a joyful servant. Which then brings me to category number two, which actually one could ask, why was it put in that order in the minor? Because if I go from uh, top down, I, I would actually would have put number three as number two. And, uh, but the order of the minor is, one is the son, the tzaddik, two is the servant, three is the joyful servant that I just described. So he's doing it for Hashem, he's giving his life for Hashem, but he's, okay. So who is the servant? Yeah. So we'll take the joyful out of number three. Wait, isn't the servant the second? No. Yeah. 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 But I defined the joyful servant okay. first. I said number three and I first explained number three. Okay, so what is number two? The servant, who, what's his beef? <laughs> what's his deal? Not beef. <laughs> what's his deal? Well, servant without joyful. What does it mean? 
Tradition. You get it? Tradition. You understand why? Do you understand? That's more the first one? No, number two. No. Which was the first one? Number one? Wait, which one's the more like robotic, like you just do? I, I, you said the word tra- robotic. I would yeah. not have used that word. <laughs> no, we've talked about that before. Okay. I, I, yeah, but I never used the word. I know girls use it, but I didn't use the word robotic. The first seven, yeah. Yeah. The second, the first seven. No, yeah. Non-joyful. Right. Not joyful. Yeah. The service, simple, this, no, not simple. The servant, yeah. Who's who? Yeah, like Abraham. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, no, if, yeah, wow, that's that? going to be difficult. No, you know what? Um, hmm. You put Moshe Rabbeinu at the number one. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeshua. Oh, sure. We get heels. Yeshua. Um, number three, the joyful servant. Well, actually, it's the Shvatim. So, go for Yehuda. The joyful servant. Yeah, hmm. one of the tribes. Yeah, because the tribes are the Shamas of Bi'ah. So, so let's say Yehuda. Like, uh, I feel like you could even say Levi. Even Levi, the ones that will bring the Levim and even the Kohan. But still, so yeah, you could say Yehuda, Levi, or other Shvatim. Just giving names. <laughs> and okay, I'm a bit. Scared to say number two. Just don't want him to come and like come into my dreams and like start messing with me. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> uh, okay, at least according to one opinion. So according to that opinion, Chachamim, I'm going to put in number two, Noyach. Yeah. Why don't you say Yona? No. No. Because no, according to the opinion that Noyach was a very relative to his generation tzaddik, mm. not really a tzaddik. So in that case, yeah. Noach does have this uh, character of that. Yeah, Hashem works with anyone who 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 links with him. We're talking about relationships with Hashem. All of them are in a relationship with Hashem. Yeah. Does this unjoyful servant not want to serve God, but they do, or they still want to serve him? They just don't want to serve God. Okay. If a person has to juggle three jobs to make ends meet, and they don't have any luxuries, it's not that that they need to ends meet because they wasted on so many things that they don't need. No, 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 like really. And, and they have a big family. So, so this person didn't want to have kids? You see no. our tricky question well, we that is? No, 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 no. Oh, meaning now, now, they're not happy that they have kids? They're not happy that they have to work three jobs. You can't ask that question. I know. Very so not PC. I know. I love it. That that's one of the perks of being European. <laughs> <laughs> so still deep inside they do want to survive. They just they they would have wanted it to be easier, but that's like for them it's like I would want Mashiach to be here. You understand? 
This is life. The way this, this is life. So they go and they wake up and they break their backs in working and bringing food to the table and clothing and the roof of the house, etc., etc. Are they happy of them working? Mm. This is what has to be done. Are they sad? And they still get they are, oh, I remember Maya was here. Maya before then, she left. She, 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 oh, no, you're here. Maya, Maya, she was very. She, I know. I remember yeah, disturbed you a lot. Disturbed a lot. They, I, 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 I suggested that they disconnected because disconnect? emotionally. But they still get because 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 this is the right thing to do. Period. You like it. You don't like it. It's easy. It's not easy. Who cares? This is what has to be done, and this is the right thing to do. So shut up. <laughs> no, but I'm going to give an example. Though they bring in the livelihood for their family. Talking about forget Torah for the moment. Okay, going into this real social economic reality okay? of any family, Jewish, not Jewish, doesn't matter. So are the parents happy to kill themselves to do that? They are smart enough not to ask themselves the question. No one wants that life. Yeah, no but that's but that is what it is. But it is. But it is. But but it, no, but no, because because resisting it only makes it worse. That's why I use the that's why I use the word disconnect. You can't change it unless you want to kill the kids. Should we do that? <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. You gotta. Like, this is what it is. It is what it is. Ah, unless I win the lottery. Okay, fine. But until then. But until then. Huh? Sure. Sure. Hundred percent. And 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 they are called. They are called Purim. They are called Simchas Torah. No, I went like the joyous holidays where we are happy, we are happy that we are eaten, and but what is felt by the servant is the price. Remember when they drew a mitzvah that like that was nice. That and sometimes you're at the job and if there are their 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 soul. Here comes it. I said it can be eaten of the three levels. The simple servant, not simple. The servant's soul comes from low level of. The last of the spiritual worlds. You have four spiritual worlds. The one of Atsilas, that was the most intense one. If a Neshama comes from there, oh, he's like a... He's like a... He's like a star. Like, literally, I'm talking about the light, okay? He just shines through it. And... Uh, and then, if you are from Bria, Tzirasia, by regular levels, you can be a joyful servant. Because although there is the reality... I explained it. Oh, girls... Here I come to Physical existence and human reality are struggles for the person who wants to comply with Hashem's demands. They just... They don't seem to go together. I want to eat. Ah, it's not kosher. I want to date. Ah, it's not Jewish. Like, okay, and so on, and so on, and so on. Okay, it's like, can't I have like a normal life? Yeah, you can do tournaments. So yeah, but that's so not normal. That's so not natural. Like you keep on putting sticks in the wheels. 
Like, I, I, I have no problem believing God. That's why some people are believers but don't want to be religious, don't like religion. Why? Because it's the religion part that is the most in conflict with their day-to-day life. They don't want believing as long as it doesn't cost me anything. Or that I get to do what I want when I decide. I'll serve God in my way. Fine. That's not the plan. Not his plan. So, well, it, it's all about... And girl, I do think... Girls, I do. I do think it, it, the, an example of a relationship in a couple is in the, the perfect relationship. Because if it's in a stage of intense, passionate love, then the world doesn't exist. Like, what about hardships of life? Like, there's no hardship, there's no life, there's only love. Love is all you need, you can sing it all day long. Uh, okay, this is which, which, because the person intellectually, mentally, emotionally feeds off that kind of power, and just the rest of the world just like it like slides over, you say, huh? Whatever, you get it? It rolls off. Huh? It like rolls off. Yeah, it rolls off. Whatever, don't care. Or maybe another type of relationship, maybe later down in, 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 the, in a couple, could be where it's okay, it's okay, I mean, fine, we get along, I mean, no, oh, we love each other, yeah, sure, I, get, I mean, yeah, yeah you understand, I mean, normal, we're normal, we're normally married for 20 years, which actually is, yeah, yeah, you, okay, which some people didn't hit that mark, and I say, okay, so you're not filing for divorce, no, Fine, we're okay. But you see, but they don't have necessarily that kind of intense, passionate love. They have an intense connection between their two souls. But I'm talking about that now. I mean, the kind of intense, passionate love that makes them oblivious to the world, no, that doesn't exist at that moment of life anymore. Life is very real, and there are invoices, and there are bills to pay, and there is uh, kids with uh, challenges, and so on, and so on, and so on. Okay? And, but if they, if they go about it together, they go about it together as a couple and they, go, and they take it head on and they're happy about the life. You ask them, are you happy about your life? The answer is yes. But it's so hard. But it's such a pleasure to have, to do that in life, to fulfill that, to have a house, a family, situation. Yeah, it's hard. I'm not saying it's not hard, but I'm doing it joyfully. That's joyful servant. And then comes maybe the person who, um, maybe there's not a lot of love, but there is commitment. There's no hatred, chaz v'shalom. Sometimes people grow apart. That doesn't mean that they are at odds with each other. No. But maybe they've moved like more from a couple to a kind of a partnership. Where they do the right thing. And they work hard, but then they feel it more. Because when you ask them, are you happy? The answer will be, does it matter? They didn't say no. This is, what's the point of that question? Who cares? That's not the point, right? Not, no, they didn't say they're unhappy. Well, actually they did without saying it, but uh, they said, I. I don't, no, they, did, they didn't say they're unhappy because in a way they say, I don't allow myself to be unhappy. Because if I would be unhappy, then I would not do 
what I'm supposed to. You feel it? But they should strive to reach. But you understand it? No, they are so disciplined in their commitment and obligations that I refuse to ask myself the question if I'm happy or not because I do not see what good that question will get do me. But will they come to a time when they're able to start working on refostering that Maybe. relationship with that? Could be. Could yes. Be. Right. I have bouncing off of what Essie is saying. Does the mimer talk about so if a couple were to realize or somebody, you know, a professional were to hear that kind of statement, like, well, do you love her? Well, does it matter? Probably they would suggest yeah. that they should maybe go to therapy, to therapy or yeah. something. I'm not saying, oh, well, then you should leave her or no. like you shouldn't have the commitment, but there probably should be work done there. And likewise for a person who, meaning like I've seen this in my family, like, yeah, sometimes you just have to, you just have to have a job and you, and, you know, someone is doing a job that they really don't like and they're just kind of sucking it up. But then a good thing to do is to look for another job because if you can be in... That's why examples are always going to be only examples. And of course, we don't want any Jew to be in that kind of relationship. Right. But it could be. He's defining types of relationships. Is it considered good It's considered a good type in, in the sense that it produces the end result. Okay. In that regard, in that regard, all three take care of their families. If, some, if one of them, one second, one second, no, 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 because you have to continue, you have to continue the reasoning. If, one, if the third person, the simple servant, not simple, the, the servant that is not so happy, at least not joyful, would get up, I'm going back to family life, would one day get up, leave everything behind, and go live on an island, so to speak. But now he's happy. Yeah. And no, he's a coward. Process matter just as much as the result uh? does? Doesn't the process matter just as much as the result does? Why do we want to be unhappy doing something just for... Like, why doesn't the happy... Why did I give an example of the religion? I don't remember where I started from. Now, I want to answer, I want to answer your question. No, because I... Okay, you know, like, the whole thing that... Um, why does it say... Like, if the, it says, like, um, in the Torah that... Benesha will get the reward if they, and then it says if they establish their own happiness, right? And? Yes. See? <laughs> yeah. He has a problem with that one. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Like, hey. Yeah, and that's not Don't overdo it. And that's not okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Even the time It's a question, I I'm, I'm, two months ago when we were at that passage, I mentioned that. I mentioned it, that it does seem as if this person is lacking simcha, meaning, so he's not doing the whole of Avayz Hashem. Now in Hasidus it's explained that there's two kinds of simcha. There is Pneumis and Chetzoynis. So they have a Pneumis? No, they have a Chetzoynis. They could, if needed. Can I have a Chetzoynis like a simcha? But also, it's not suggesting no, we have honest, a relationship. It's saying you can. But, but you're familiar. So, Englishman. So, 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 can people smile? Yeah. Can they appear happy? Sure. Can, are they? No. Okay. But it's not polite to be in a social gathering and to pull a face, right? They should go to therapy and figure out why they're not actually happy. No. Person came, a person came to a party, to a birthday party. So Davka, because you're from England, you understand this idea even more. 
person came to a party, birthday or whatever, so it's not polite to come to a social event, which is a happy social event, and to put and, and have a long face, right? So what do you do? You smile, because that is because that's the right thing to do. And you don't do it as a fake way. You know that it's not polite to pull a face. Who cares about what you're going through in life? This is now a party. Why are you... Why you so so you, you smile, and are you happy smiling? I'm happy to do the right thing. Follow the reasoning. I'm happy to come to a party and not spoil it by, by having a sour face, etc., etc. So are you happy? Ideal. No, but, it, but it, it's how you can be happy while not being happy. You're happy when you have to be. Meaning, you can be happy when this is what is required. Is that enough for the mitzvah? Is it enough for the person who had the party? Yes. But it doesn't mean that Hashem doesn't want more. It doesn't mean that Hashem doesn't want more. But is it a re- you met the requirements. You came, you smiled, you were nice, you were polite. But all the boxes checked. You're a very polite girl. <laughs> but I don't like that it's just about the checked boxes. <sighs> True. It is more. I, but he, in this one, he is, he is the one, not me. He's the one that goes to an extreme. And, and, and we are... The summary is more than a summary, obviously, as you realize already. Um, <laughs> It's not, girls, it's not either this or either that. In our life, in most cases, we are a a religious person, a person who is a Torah and mitzvah observant uh, Jew, will in most instances have a mix of number two and number three. Meaning, certain aspects of Judaism will be number three, where he knows, and he, he acknowledges this is Hashem, this is Hashem wants, and I don't know, like, like the person being the volunteer in this organization, I don't know why that's the regulations about how you should do the boxes, but if they say that's how you do it, that that's how you do it, and you're very passionate about it, because you love this idea of helping, etc., etc., and connecting with that cause, and then from time to time, there are bummers. Like, but Why? Harris says you can, but why? For God's name, why? Well, precisely, the answer is in the question, in God's name. Uh, because no, oh, sucks. And the answer is yes, it does. I hear you. But, but the Jew is a Torah observer and says, okay, can you can't. What about the Jew huh? that just does it? What? And sometimes it can be, it can be, I just want to, I don't want to have anyone having 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 doubts, but it can, it can happen to people in all kinds of occasions, like, where even the most faithful person will, can sometimes, a person full of emunah and faith, can one time be fit, be in front of a halacha that will cost him very dearly. And he says, but I, I, can't, I can't do this. But he knows he can, and he knows he will. But it's going to be, in a way, heart-wrenching. The person is going to say, it's not possible. What about you the men that don't do it to the I'd say a, cu- a couple, right? They're, they're dating. It's perfect. Man, woman, let's say, let's say they both in their 30s. They're perfect, they get along, etc., etc. Been dating now for three months. 
they start talking chasna, everything goes okay, they really get along well. Um, actually, she already was once married, of no importance, it didn't last long, but uh, fine, and they want to go and get married, so go, get married. They open up, they come on, and I think, oh, you were married before? Yeah, yeah, but I have a, have a divorce, we did everything by the book, okay. And but you were caught, yeah. You can't marry someone who's divorced. I can't? No? What do you mean? So we can't get married? No, you can't. Is this a joke? No, it's not. You see? Even a very firm person, even a religious person, I don't want, okay, could be that he might have known that halacha. But let's say he's not necessarily didn't know all the halacha, but he was the person committed to a mitzvah. He's suddenly faced with something that Hashem tells him to do, or more precisely not to do, which comes as a very, very high personal price. Because like, this is ridiculous. No, it's not. It's Torah law. But it's outdated. And it's not outdated. It has nothing to do with dates. Torah is eternal. Yeah, but, but why? What did I do wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. But there's even no place on Mikdash. What does it matter to Amakowen? I know. You're right. So what, what, do, what can we suggest it? Nothing. And he is definitely going to go, let's hope, to number two. Let's hope he doesn't go to number four. Doesn't exist. That's the person who, who fell off the wagon. Uh, off the derach. Yeah, uh, but definitely he's going to go number two, right? Maya, what do you say then? Is he happy or not? I don't know. He's happy? No. Can he be happy about having to break up? Is there any I'm human happy. scenario that he can be happy about the fact that he has to break up? If, you, if he feels like he needs to do that, then... He doesn't feel that he has to do it. No, yeah, he feels that he has to do it because he has no choice, because he's, he's committed to Tyra. So happiness so bad. Bad. Can he be happy? Yeah. Yes, that, yeah. You see? So that's why it doesn't have to be, and Maya, what you said a lot of times, it doesn't have to be the whole life. It doesn't have to be from morning to evening, only being faced with things that are difficult or heart-wrenching or you name it or struggle but it could come here and there what well, that is going to be very difficult the person you know i want to maybe an extreme case you know let's go lexus extreme case even much more much more much more frequent the person got a great great dream job proposition like uh, like this is like winning the lottery that kind of, of job proposition yeah but you have to work on choppers no, but I can come in Sunday. No, no, you have to work on that. No. I, I, I can come New Year's Day. I can come Christmas. I can come when you want. No, you have to come Saturday. Oh, that's so not fair. You get it? Again. I'm never going to have such a proposition in my life anymore. It's like maybe just a little bit what Hashem understand. <laughs> then I could at least put it like on my references, like my life experience. I worked for that company. Like that would like be, whoa. Like just just a year, and then I'll do a couple of Shabbos and more the next year. Uh, it doesn't work that way, right? Why would Hashem make a type of person, give them a type of soul, where fulfilling what he wants leads them to an unhappy robotic life? Like, why does that exist? Wait, the second two I don't are on the same kind of soul. It's not so bad. He's doing it just No, 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 no. There's a cause. Because every time a person. And um, manages to go over his struggle. He is what is called 
refining his corporality, his material craftsness. But no one wants to work three jobs. No one wants that life. I know, but the, okay, but here actually, really? like, my, we, we're slipping to another discussion here, which is human suffering, which is a, which is a difficult subject in, in itself. Nothing to do with what kind of relationship we take in itself. Human suffering and the reason of it and the need of it and so on and so on. And not that what I'm going to say is an excuse or is going to be of any help, but it is something in a way that is built in creation, although we really don't like it to say the least, but a seed rots before it grows and darkness proceeds. Night precedes the day, that's how creation went, and, and the birth of a new life of a child is preceded by difficult moments for another human being, and so on and so on, and not necessarily actually not only human beings. So it's a built-in feature that great things happen after a difficulty, after a struggle. You can ask, but why? But in a way, this question goes back to Genesis, no, literally. Why was there first darkness? Why do you have to first have darkness and then say, let there be light? Since you anyways know that you're going to put light, why don't you just create the thing with light? It is that question. Like, why create it with darkness? And then say, oh my, this is so dark. Yeah. <clears throat> Guess who did that? Uh, and then, okay, so let there be light. Like, what? No, ask yourself a question. That's Bereshus Aleph Aleph, right? You're going to the first verse of Bereshus. Meaning, as soon as you open the Chomesh, you're welcomed with that idea. There will be light, but it will always be preceded by, by darkness. And that, until the time of the Golo, where it says, Lo yava shim the sun will not set anymore, and light will not disappear anymore, for Hashem's light will be the eternal light. But as long as there's going to be the divine within the human existence, there's going to be this interaction between one and the other. And the order of it is darkness before light. Yes? Okay. Let's say, not to be as dramatic as like the Cohen example, but like let's say I found a dress that I really loved and don't, then I found out... Don't think that this is such a um, one in a million example. I know. But that, that one, I think, is very difficult. And it is I, extremely difficult for the person. I, and I know that it happens. I'm saying I want to use something where that's, it's less emotionally charged because my question is a little bit different. Okay. But yes, thank you. But I, I know that it's more common than I want to believe. Um, but I'm saying, let's say like I found a dress, I love this dress, and then I find out that it has wool and linen in it, so for no apparent explained reason, I can't wear this dress. But I love it. Maybe I even bought it. Maybe I didn't buy it. Whatever. I love the dress. Um, so it's very hard, but I accept it. So, okay, so better, obviously, that I accept it and I don't wear the dress than that I'm like, forget that, I'm wearing the dress anyway. But then, is there also a value to, rather than just saying, like, this is stupid and not wearing the dress, like, can I, is, is there a higher value if I'm, like, also learning something, I go and learn something deep about the idea of a hook and, like, what I'm supposed to gain from that, or there's no sure. higher value? no, there is. It okay. allows you to move from two to three. Right. So does he talk here about like a person who's at two? So we said, okay, he's getting the same end result, and that's valuable. 
But then when Vatya said, what about the process? Even if we say the process isn't as important, the, fir the first and most important thing is that we have the same result. But actually, no, then, then I added something else. Mm -hmm. That the process of the struggle is also accomplishing something besides the result being attained. The struggle itself also accomplishes something. If you want, if I, if I lift heavy, if I have to lift up heavy crates and to bring them to the top floor of a building, so sure, at the end of the day, I'll be exhausted. I will have the end result at all the crates at the top floor, but at the same time, I can't feel my muscles anymore. But at the same time, I did actually add power and energy to my muscles tomorrow. It was a good workout. Now, now I feel I'm going to drop that. But, but tomorrow, actually, I, this struggle, this struggle built them. So my question, I guess, is in your, exactly in that example, if I also have a goal of working out and becoming stronger, then if somebody tomorrow came and said, I have a new pulley system that gets the crates to the top and you don't use your arms at all, then I would say, like, okay, theoretically that's easier, but it's not valuable to me because I also want to get yeah, the Yeah, but we, we don't say that in life. So, we so say to Hashem every morning in the davening, yeah. we say to Hashem, Hashem, please don't bring us difficulties. Right. Don't bring us tests or challenges. So then why doesn't... Once a Hashem person came to a rabbi, I'm sorry, interrupting <laughs> you, he came to a rabbi and said, Our, my wife has to give birth soon. And she wants to take, she wants to have an epidural. So the rabbi said, yeah, so? He says, no, but I told her she's not allowed. The rabbi said, why is, she, why is she not allowed? So I told her, it says in the Chumash, it says in Torah, that the childbirth will happen through suffering. And so the rabbi said, oh, so that means if you win the lottery, you'll give it all to the shul? That's great news. He said, why would I give all my earnings to the shul? because it says you will eat from the sweat of your forefront. A difficulty is not a mitzvah. Not a mitzvah. I don't have to go looking for difficulties. I can make my life easier, make your life easier. But when Hashem wants a person to go through, Hashem knows the address of the person. So can, can the Rebbe, why wouldn't the Rebbe Rashab um, or will he still speak about a way that, like, if you realize that, like, let's say in this mitzvah, I am the second level. I do this mitzvah, but I really find no joy in it. Does he have, like, a process, like a, a you know, program that, like, because it seems like it would be better for me. But to we did, yeah, but we will get there. We do, we will get there. For the moment, actually, in this mimer, we'll conclude the class with that. For the moment in the mimer, and, but by the way, just good for all of the, you who have joined us, because we have come to a real full recap of where we at in the mind. Of course, there's still things that we did not de uh, delve into, like all the special aspects of the joyful servant, his kind of davening and his kind of doing mitzvahs with joy. There's all kinds of details, but at least you get the big picture, the broad strokes of those three kinds of relationships that we have with Hashem. And now he's going to move on, saying, okay, fine, I, I've, I've in a way done an expose, explaining them to you. Now let's see what's what, 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 what we can do about those things. He's not going to do, so Maya be reassured, he's not going to say, yay, number two, you're the best. Uh, but he is going to say, there is actually a certain 
plus that only number two has. And we'll see. It actually others don't have. Meaning, there is a kind of power and energy that actually even the sun and the joyful servant will be lacking. And that is, uh, we'll get also to the idea of bitol, which is the idea of nullification, of not making it about oneself at all. Completely being out of the picture. Doing it only for Hashem. Uh, but we'll, we'll see that as we go in. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you, Thank you. Is the one